we believe that the sermon is the high point of the meeting. This is where yeah. we hear from God, yep, yep. hear from His Word. But we're doing that in all the parts of the meeting. Yep. We're hearing from God in different ways. We're hearing from His Word. We're rehearsing the gospel, all these different ways. So singing provides a way that my message doesn't for people to mm-hmm. respond mm-hmm. And, and for, the, again, that truth to be cemented in their hearts. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. And my name is Bob Coughlin. And it is great to be together again. It is. So it's uh, great to be together. The topic for this week, Bob, we have is uh, responding to the sermon with a song. Mm. So uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Bob and I were planning uh, the music and the songs for Sunday morning. And uh, And the scriptures. And the scriptures. And the prayers. Yep. 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 And uh, I love that we get to do that together. It is great. Um, And, you know, towards the end, we were sort of reading the scripture that CJ was going to preach on, and we were thinking about what would be a good response song, you know, for this sermon. And we have a response song for every every week we do that, sometimes two. Um, And as we were going back and forth to to figure out this song, it brought up a really great dilemma of which song do we we pick? What song would fit better? You know? And, And... Immediately, we thought, wow, this would be a great topic for sure, a podcast. Sure, when we have problems, we think, hey, this would be a great topic for a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, so, yeah. I mean, the, the, I've talked with, you know, I had numerous conversations with people about, you know, should you do a song after a message? Should you not do it? If you do, what, what kind? But I've seen two, two um, situations where I think, yeah, we really need to talk about this. One mm-hmm. is where you hear a Christ-exalting Biblically rooted message, you know, people have encountered God, and the person gets up afterwards and uh, they just starts making announcements like nothing has happened. Mm. I see this at a confer- conferences frequently, yes. but then it happens in Sunday meetings, Sunday gatherings as well. And then the other is where you know you have this great message, Christ exalting, biblically rooted, people encounter God, and then they sing a song that. It has nothing to do with what just happened. You know, it's kind of a worship song, generic worship song. And I thought, we we can do better than this. <laughs> you know? Yes, we we can think about this, and it's it's something that I think I've grown in my appreciation for over the years, um, because certainly it's it's not the only thing you can do after a message. Yeah, right. right. Um, I mean, I think really a good way to end a message is to go into the Lord's Supper. There seems to be some pattern that was set up in the Old Testament sacrifices where you, uh, you know, you you offered sacrifices for sin, and and that led to uh, uh, sacrifices of dedication and sacrifices of of peace offerings, where you're you're sharing the meal together. Mm-hmm. Um, that that seems to make sense. Um, you can end with uh, just a dismissal. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times that happens when guys go too long, when when preachers go too yes, long. Uh, right. I know in the past we used to sing, um, plan a song, but then the message would go, like this is in our early days, like an hour and 15 minutes, and we just go, okay, we're going home. All right, cut the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And certainly something else would be that... Uh, 
you know, a song isn't the only way you can. That's that's not the the um, the the ultimate response to the message we've heard, right? You know, to the truth we've heard. The, the ultimate response is the way we live. Yes, yeah, right. You know, it's not just that we have a a good song at the end, but uh, a song can reinforce that truth we've heard. I mean, Colossians three sixteen says we're to let the word of Christ. Uh, dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Mm-hmm. That's what songs help us do. Yes. They, they help the you know, the word of Christ, the gospel, dwell in us richly. So I think it's a missed opportunity mm-hmm. when when people don't uh, sing a song, a well thought out song, right. you know, after a message. Right. Well, though, one thing you said of. Um, Having something planned, but then it always gets cut. Mm, it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm very well familiar with that scenario, <laughs> uh, and it got to a point where it's just like, well, I don't even know if we should plan a song yeah, at the end. Yeah, you know. But but I realized that every time I was in, uh, when there was either time for a song or I was in a context where they did a song at the end, yeah. I thought that was so helpful. Yes. And so effective in I think something you said reinforcing the truth. Yeah, so why why is it so helpful? I well if that's a really unbelievable moment if the song can match what we have just been steeping in yeah. for 45 minutes and then you get to respond to what you just heard. It it it's like it builds your faith. Yes. Yes. To to go and to apply it, like you said. Yes. So I think there's such. Uh, I mean, f- for me, I, I think, uh, wow, that just sometimes music has the power to do that. Yeah. You know, it says those truths in a in a cementing way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of confirms them. Right, a lyric comes to mind because you put a melody to it. Yes. You know. So I think that's, I mean, that's what has affected me so much. Yeah, I think it's it helps us feel the truth. So it it you know we hear the message and often we're affected, but uh, listening to messages is a is a mental activity. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking in truth, we're taking in you know doctrine, um, but and and we can be affected. But songs specifically are meant to do that. Mm-hmm. They're they're meant to reinforce that truth by bringing it down to this level of affection. Mm-hmm. Music affects us emotionally, and when you combine it with, with biblical truth, it, it plants it in us, in, in a, like you said, in a more cementing way. Mm-hmm. And I think you can also, a song after a message can also kind of highlight the thrust of the message. Yeah, right. You know, whether your message is 30, 40, 50 minutes, 25, whatever, um, it, it can say, this is what we just heard. Mm-hmm. And remember this, uh, and then uh, provide like, f- a further encounter with the Lord where, where we're not just hearing, we're responding to Him. Mm-hmm. And it's a grace-filled response. It's not just a song that says, okay, now we're going to go do this. You right. Know, not, you know, um, and I heard a, a pastor say this recently that I thought was so good. I wrote it down. The task of the pastor... Uh, and I would say the person leading the music mm-hmm. is not to wield the word more authoritatively by emphasizing the imperative, mm-hmm. but to lead people in the way of humility 
by ministering the glory of the indicative. That's good. Now, what what that means, imperative, indicative, you know, the imperatives are the commands. Mm -hmm. Do this. Don't do this. Um, The indicative are, this is what has been done. Mm. This is what is real. This is what exists. And so, uh, you know, I find... Sometimes people will plan songs that are, you know, a response song. Okay, we're gonna go out and do whatever. Yes. But even then, we want that. We want people glorying in the indicative. Right. You know, Jesus has done this. He's come to earth. He's died in your place for your sins. He's risen from the dead. He's ascended to the Father's right hand. He's interceding for us. He's coming back. These are things, the realities that are true, that shape our lives, mm-hmm. and best position us to go out then and live for the, the glory of God. Right. I think the imperatives can, can there can be a temptation to go, I got this, I can do this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've heard what I need to know. Yes. Just let me loose. Yeah. And, and I mean, would you say even in our application of the message, we go, yeah, I'm going to do this better. I think that is the bane of the, the, the modern church that's uh, seeking to please the Lord, uh, but doing it in a way that's more moralistic than gospel-centered. Mm. So we just think, yeah, we have the information, now we do it. Yeah. No, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. And, and Paul, the Apostle Paul and Peter, are always rooting us in Christ. Mm-hmm. We... we are, I think it's over 160 times Paul talks about how we are in Christ, in Him. It's because of our union with Christ that we're able to do anything. Right. So, you know, as we're seeking to serve and obey the Lord, we're doing that in the grace that God has given us in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul says in, uh, I think, 2 Corinthians 12, you know, I worked harder than all of them, talking about the other apostles, yet not I but the grace of God that was within me. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to find songs that do that. Um, One is, all I have is Christ. um, Now, Lord, I would be yours. Third verse, Lord, I would be yours alone and live so all might see. The strength to follow your commands could never come from me. Oh, Father, use this ransomed life in any way you choose, and let my song forever be, mm. my only boast is you. Yet not I, but through Christ in me by City of Light. It's another yeah. song that, that uh, just so wonderfully displays the grace of God as the root and foundation of all that we do, all our mm. desires to, to live for him. I mean, the mm. very title says that, yet not I, but through Christ in me. Yes. Anything I do, anything yeah. I accomplish, it's going to be because of what Christ has done through me. Yes. Well, so before we sort of get into the practicals of, okay, we're choosing to be intentional about this, you know, this final song um, and how it's tied to the the sermon we just heard, just going back really quick, you said something in passing that was, you know, um, the the sermon will run too long. You, you were can, consistently, you were consistently facing that. Yeah. How would you encourage... Uh, pastors that are listening, worship leaders that are listening, yeah, yeah. how would you encourage them to have that conversation of, mm. I feel like this is really effective, but I also don't want to overstep my bounds? Yeah. And just how would you communicate that? Well, it certainly needs communication and, a, and a, I'd say a common uh, theology in terms of what's happening in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that means, uh, by that I mean, like all of the meeting is worship. 
it's not just the singing. Yeah. The, the preaching is, even the announcements can be worship. Yeah. You know, the prayer, uh, the scripture reading, all those things are meant to, to magnify God's greatness in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, to, mm-hmm. to magnify his goodness, his greatness, his glory. And so we're all on the same team. We're all doing this together. But they're complementary ways of doing it. Yeah, praying is different from singing. Is different from preaching. Is different from reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Is different from you know an exhortation uh, where someone might we might be encouraging the church, mm-hmm. exhorting the church. So they're all they're all parts of the whole. So I would encourage you know whether you're the pastor or the music leader or you know whatever your role is. To just have that conversation, say, how can we serve one another? How yeah. can we help one another? And I think a pastor who will not exercise the self-discipline, the self-control to shorten his messages, uh, you're you're not allowing for God's grace, God's spirit, to work in in other ways other than through you. Mm-hmm. Now I. We believe that the sermon is the high point of the meeting. This is where yeah. we hear from God, yep, yep. hear from His Word. But we're doing that in all the parts of the meeting. Yep. We're hearing from God in different ways. We're hearing from His Word. We're rehearsing the gospel, all these different ways. So singing provides a way that my message doesn't for people to mm-hmm. respond mm-hmm. And, and for, the, again, that truth to be cemented in their hearts. And I've seen CJ, I mean, I, he used to preach like an hour and 15 minutes. And uh, like I said, sometimes we just go, well, no song today, you know, because <laughs> he cares about the people who are serving in children's ministry, yeah, which is something we need to keep in mind. Yes, right. Um, but he has edited his, he's exercised self-control, so his messages are generally 45 minutes Mm. You know, sometimes 35, at which point we had to say, stop, stop making your message short. <laughs> you know, they're fine, like they are. Um, but that allows for a, a song. Yes. Uh, we always want to include that for the reasons, you know, we mentioned earlier, that, that it, a song after the message can help reinforce the truth, help people feel the truth, highlight the main points of the message, allow people further to meditate on the points of the message, yeah. and provide a, a way for them to respond in a grace-filled way. Yeah. Yes. as a springboard to living in light of the message. Right. So yeah, you just got to have that conversation yeah. where you're saying, hey, I want to I serve you, and we want to serve each other, and most of all, we want to serve the people for the glory of God. Right. Well, the, the point about harmony between all of those elements, uh, the, the music side, the prayer, the sermon, yeah. uh, I think is just so worth reiterating. Uh, I heard kind of you saying, you talking to a pastor in passing, of we don't just want to just shoo everything off to, I just want to preach. Just, yeah, everything yeah. else oh, just like right, falls, falls right. away. Or doing actually the exact opposite. There's a lot of churches that mm. just keep the message so short so that mm. we can just have this extended time right, of worship. Right, right, right. So those working in harmony, I just think, is such a good point. Yeah. Uh, and and how are we uh, emphasizing all of these areas? Even though that the preaching is going to be the high point, we're emphasizing prayer. Yes. We're emphasizing yeah. Every this point. Every part's important. Yeah, emphasizing this point. I think that's so helpful. Well, I hope so. Um, okay, so getting to the practicals... Um, when we, uh, uh, well, let me say this. How would we do it at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville? 
Okay, hopefully you know, but I guess it's for people listening. <laughs> it is for people that don't know. Uh, we, so I, well, now you and I plan the, the liturgy, the service order every Sunday, every every week, and we do it on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, someone asked me recently, how far in advance do you guys plan? Like Wednesday before the meeting um, <laughs> for that right. week? <laughs> and there are a number of reasons we do it that way, which I think we've shared on another podcast, but... Yeah. Uh, a brief overview is um, you know it keeps people spontaneous. It uh, I don't I, we always build that those songs and scriptures off the previous week's message. So I right. want to hear that message right. before we do. So so we plan it on planning center. We keep a Google, Google Doc of uh, the the service order because for different reasons um, I can do a search better on the the Google Doc. It's so um, helpful. And then I send it out. To all the elders, we have uh, seven, eight elders, just added another one, um, here at Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville, and then they get back to me. I always uh, title this the email, tentative, pl- tentative plan for Sunday and then the date, because mm. I want them to know this, hey, here's where we're at. If you have any questions, you know, changes, suggestions, qu- uh, yeah, just let me know. Yeah. Well, has there been a moment where a pastor has gotten back and said, I feel like this song might be better with the... Yes, occasionally that happens. Yeah. Or hey, can I do this scripture instead? Yeah. You know, for a call to worship. Yeah. Yeah, cool. sure. Can I lengthen it to here? Um, I work with Jeff Perswell, who's a theological genius, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's nice to have him on your team. <laughs> and he will uh, say, you know, that that scripture really begins here. And yeah. Say, okay, great. Do it there. That's yes. great. Uh, so the the but the last song is often. Uh, one that you know whoever's preaching will have input on, or not. Yeah. And I know CJ has uh, always been a concerned about what hmm. kinds of songs we do after the message, or what specifically what song we're going to do. Yeah. After the message. Yeah. Um, and we could we could do some illustrations. We talked about that illustration of you know a few weeks ago when we yes. were planning. Uh huh. Um, so it was a message uh, that Steve, one of our elders, did on the last part of Revelation. We were finishing Revelation. Yes. And, you know, it was Lord Jesus come and um, the Spirit of the Bride say come and... Um, Revelation 22, yeah, 6 through 21. 6 through 21. That's behold, right. I'm coming soon. And behold, I'm coming soon, he says again. And uh, yeah, the Spirit and the Bride say come. So, so there's a lot of emphasis on Jesus coming. He's mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. In fact, the ESV titles that section, Jesus is coming. So mm. I think the first song we considered for that was Behold Our God, which is uh, you know, a more general... Um, I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, a more general, who has held the oceans in his hands, who has yeah. numbered every grain of sand. And it didn't start where the message would have ended. You know, right. which is Lord Jesus come. Um, so we said, nah, that, that's not quite it. I think that the attraction was, you will reign forever, let your glory fill the earth. Yes, you know, a that. lot of the Revelation series has been the kingly reign, yes, the eternal yes, yes, reign. Yes. Yeah. And so then we, we someone suggested, all hail the glorious Christ, which is another Sovereign Grace song, um, above the earth and heaven's angels over kings and all their plans. When every rival throne has fallen, you will stand... And it ends with, um, and on that day upon your mountain, you will gather your redeemed yeah. and we will feast and give all glory to the king. And, you know, again, that was a good song. It could fit, but it, but it didn't start where, really where the song 
where the sermon ended. Mm-hmm. So what we ended up with was when Christ our life appears. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. Yeah. You start the song. Yeah. When Christ our life appears, our hope will be complete. Our longings finally rest as we fall at his feet. When Jesus comes to reign, restoring everything, our tears will turn to tides of praises to mm-hmm. our King. And I remember when this song was written at a, at a songwriter's retreat, um, uh, I had made an appeal that, that someone writes something on Colossians 3. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also shall appear with him in glory. Mm. Like, that's such a great passage. we yeah. got to get a song on that. Yeah. And man, was I happy when this <laughs> song came and out. it's literally the exact translation. <laughs> uh, it is, it, and it's so well written, and yeah. it's so... You know, it, it's it's triumphant, and it's it it reinforces this is going to be a glorious event, and all these things are going to happen. Yeah. So the final verse is, when Christ our life appears, these trials that weighed us down mm-hmm. will fade and fall away as he receives our crowns. Death will disappear. It's rule and reign destroyed. I love this. Beneath the weight of glory and eternal, eternal joy. joy yeah. We're longing for that day when we'll see Christ, our Savior. We'll behold the glory of our King forever. Which speaks to a couple things. One, we want to have songs that say specific things. Mm. We're not just trying to sing songs that sound worshipful. Yeah, good. You know, it says specific things. So I was just, that's the moment when we we thought, hey, you know what, we, we... it really matters what you do after message. It's a good thing to do a song after message. There are good yeah. reasons for do, singing a song after message. So the, the first thing to think about is the content. Mm-hmm. What did the message actually say? And then what does the song actually say? Mm-hmm. So the, those two together, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really important. Yeah. This past Sunday, we had me, a situation where I had picked out or we had picked out three songs, possibly, to end the, the message with. CJ preached on Psalm 150. Right. You know, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, just celebrative, you know, just... just. So we, we taught a song from our new album, How Great, Psalm 145. Yeah. I'll bless your name, O God, yeah. Yes, with, with everything that is within me, I'll bless your name, O God. Each day that I awake, from dawn to setting sun, your greatness I'll proclaim. You know, it's, it's like, a lot yeah, about yeah. celebratory, but it doesn't really talk about Jesus. And in the message, CJ ended up tying in Psalm 150 with the the praise and worship that's going around the, going on around the throne. Yes, in Revelation, right? Because we have just finished Revelation. Right. Well, and then ending with uh, everything that has breath, you know, yeah, the crown the of Lord. creation man is going yes. to praise him, but he made that point of everything is yes. going to praise him. So another song we thought of was, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Oh, for a thousand tongues, which would Singing. be great. And then Jesus, there's no one like you. There's no song we could sing to honor the weight of your glory. Yeah. And um, you know what we ended up singing? I got up there and said, you know what? We had three songs picked to, to end this message with, choose them to. None of them's going to work. <laughs> We're going to go back to uh, a song we started the meeting with, which was All Creatures of Our God and King. Yeah. Which, as CJ was preaching, I thought, 
Oh, this is the song. Yeah. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise him. Yes. Hallelujah. And then the third verse, wonderful verse that was added by the Baird, Stephen Altrogi. Um, uh, then yeah. who shall fall on Well, before, before that, that? Um, all the redeemed washed by his blood, yes. come and rejoice in his great love. And then, yeah, at the very yes. end, uh, then who shall fall on bended knee, right. all creatures of our God and King. And then from there... We then we went into Andrew Peterson's "Is He Worthy?" Yeah, which, oh man, I mean, I just looked out during that song and saw numerous people, mm. tears streaming down their faces. Mm. What's happening? The truth that was just preached from God's yeah. word, yeah, is making its way into people's hearts. Yes, yeah, it's not just that we're stirring them, you know, emotionally. Yes, it's that these truths. Are and both of those songs, "All Creatures" and "Is He Worthy," did that. Yeah. Uh, it was like, oh, that's what CJ preached about. That's yes. what he just said. That's what the Word of God just said. Yes, but we didn't start with "Is He Worthy" because the emotional tone. So, so I think we're talking about um, just things to consider. Yes, when picking that last song. Yep. Uh huh. So you said wh- the content first yeah. is the content. Second would be the emotional tone of the message. So we didn't start with, is he worthy? Because CJ ended with, you know, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you feel the world is broken? Yeah. Yeah, It just didn't make any sense. So we started with all creatures of our God. Big intro. Yeah, big celebratory. And so often we miss that, you know. Someone might mention, like a preacher might mention a song, quote a song. And and the you know the, the music guy's gone thinking oh well th- th- that's what we need to do, but that mm. might be like the not the right song to do <laughs> yeah you know because it's just the lines work but the tone doesn't yeah emotional tone so that's so subtle but it's so effective it's matching it, it the tone matters. Yeah, yeah it really does you don't want to give people whiplash when you when you do the song yes I'm so excited to sing yeah and then okay. it's or it's the, or the opposite, the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Where it's ending very down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes song leaders go, okay, well, we're going to send them out, so yeah, let's get this party. This is my moment, baby. <laughs> Rock your face off. It really matters how you transition out of that song, because when you go to talk to people, it's also informing yeah. how you're yep. going to talk to people yep. and who you're talking to. It's very effective. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Another thing that we think about and we should always think about is uh, familiarity, right? Like you finish a you know a message done, a message is done, and uh, you want people to be able to respond from their heart without like learning a new song. Yes. So I've seen guys introduce songs after a meeting. I've done that once, I think, in my life. <laughs> it was at a conference. <laughs> and, uh, it, so it, it was memorable. It was memorable. <laughs> uh, it was in, in the UK, actually, and a guy from Nigeria was talking about how his family had been attacked and his house had been burned down. And wow. I taught the song... Um, uh, Jesus, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow yes, thee. Right. Destitute, despised, forsaken, thou from all my hands shall be. One of my thou favorite from hands. My all shall be. It just was the right song. Hmm. And it it was simple. You know, it wasn't complicated. It's six verses long. Yeah. But it it I just knew by the time we finished, it would it would just be this is the right thing to do, to endure 
the burning of my home, the, mm. the, you know, the suffering of my family for the sake of the gospel. Mm. Um, but normally, <laughs> it's, it's a familiar song uh, that most of the people would know. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the band goes, I like the band to know the last song. Mm-hmm. And we usually, you know, we'll practice the last song. But I would rather do a song that fits. I think it's better to do a song that fits the message, mm-hmm. even if the band doesn't know it. Yeah. Uh, because it's the truth that's going to last. But the congregation knows it? The congregation knows it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're familiar with it. Yeah. So I might just lead it from my piano, or you know, if you play guitar, lead it. Yeah. So you're saying that you'd you'd much rather pick us, even if the band doesn't know it, but the congregation is familiar with it. Mm -hmm. You would much rather just lead it on a piano. Yeah. In most cases, we're when we pick that last song, like you said, we rehearse it, like we play it, we know it. Yeah. But in the off chance that you might completely come up with a new song, right? Yeah. So I'm listening to the message. I'm always weighing. Is this the right song to end with? Yes. Is this the right song to end with? Yes. And I'll get guys texting me sometimes. You will text me sometimes. Uh, other guys <laughs> text me. We bug you. How about this song? My daughter will text me sometimes. <laughs> hey, how about this song? <laughs> okay, okay. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, yeah. it's like, because people are listening. Yeah, what do we want to sing right now? Yeah. What, what is going to seal this word to our hearts? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... You know, I, I think uh, time is the last thing I consider. Uh, I mean, you do want to be sensitive if you have a children's ministry to people watching the kids. And I mean, we used to go 15, 20 minutes over, and it was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, if you worked in the children's ministry, you know what that 15, 20 minutes seems like three hours. Uh, okay, we've run out of things to do now. Okay, what are we going to do? All right. So, um, y- you know, amazing. we try to finish like five minutes before our ending time. Our meetings are an hour and a half. And uh, we try to allow enough time for the person to preach, and then that five minutes for a song and a you know a benediction at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want that time to be really long. We do we do want people going out with the word of God, both yes. in that was preached and in the benediction. So and, I'm sorry. So after you do that song, you would we would do scripture reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that last benediction, which is usually one or two verses mm-hmm. related to the message, not the um, song we just sang, but hopefully yes. they flow together. Yes. You know? Um, but we will sometimes, this has happened more than on one occasion, where we'll finish and uh, and <laughs> CJ, my beloved senior pastor, will uh, be out there just kind of waiting, just, you know, eyes down. And I'm thinking, he's not coming up here. <laughs> and it's obvious he wants us to do another song because we have time. Yeah. And uh, sometimes he'll come up and say, hey, I, I worked on getting a shorter message so that we could sing two songs at the That's end. That's so Now, great. he's getting better at, at saying, hey, like this past Sunday, he said, uh, yeah, we'll, we, we'll, we won't sing two songs. We'll okay, sing two songs. great. So I was prepared. I just didn't know what they were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may not work like this in your church. You, you, yeah. you may plan things out months in advance. But and which is great. Yeah. Just think to allow for the healthy tension between planning and spontaneity. Mm-hmm. Both are both are empowered by the spirit. Both are enabled by the spirit. That we want to plan well, mm-hmm. and then also be sensitive to that moment to uh, you know changes. And when we don't have a songbook or anything that we use. Yeah. At the end, I think probably some people could be thinking, well, yeah, how do you work that? Sometimes we'll I'll text it to people. Um, you know, on Planning Center, you can pull the chart up. Mm-hmm. Um, but other times, we just kind of go by ear. Yeah. But I think uh, 
I think an area we can all grow in what you said is sensitivity. Yeah. Just the yeah. just the understanding that people are affected just because you do the same thing week in and week out doesn't mean that you can't grow in a sensitivity towards how is this translating? Yes. How how's how are people being are they being affected? Are they being affected? Yeah. yeah. And so I just I, I have benefited so much being at our church uh, and, you know, doing liturgy this way. Uh. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm encouraged, and I, I pray that this is encouraging to you who's listening, but, yeah, that we would grow in a sensitivity and, and what the Lord is wanting to do in our midst on yeah. Sunday mornings. Yeah, amen. Uh, so thank you, Bob. Uh, thank thank you, you. For this podcast. Thanks for listening. Yep. And uh, we'll see you again. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.